0: Get Out of Your Own Way with Brittany A. Johnson is a podcast where we learn all of the ways we trip, and stumble, and get in our own way, and what we can do to get out of it. I want to insert this disclaimer that while I am a licensed mental health therapist, this is not therapy. This is not a substitute for therapy. This is, however, something that you can listen to to give you some insight, give you some ideas, some things to think about, and work with the therapist in your local area, if you need one. Stay tuned for today's episode. Today, we're gonna kind of talk about how we fall into the traps of trying to make our new habits fit our old lives. If you've been listening to the previous episodes for this month, and you'll know we're kinda on this theme about making changes, creating new habits. And so today, let's talk about how we do that, how we try to really make our new habits, our new life fit into the old, and why we do it. Years ago, I was working with a client And they were in recovery from alcohol use and during one of our conversations they were adamant that they were going to be able to go right back around their family their friends their neighborhood their entire circle after they got sober so in talking to this person i was asking questions like how do you think that's going to work if you were unable or really struggled to do it before you got sober what do you think is going to be different to make you be able to do it now And I'm not saying that you can't do it, but it might be kind of difficult to take your old, take yourself back to your old place, to your old habits, your old routines, your old, you know, everything. And this person was adamant. And I mean, adamant, like almost slamming their fist on the desk, adamant that they would be able to live both lives, both worlds at the same time, because it was really important to them to go back to their life with no change. Now, let me say this. People do it all the time. They get sober, they get clean, and they go back to their environments and they live successfully. But those people also typically have some things in place to help make sure that they're going to be able to maintain that, right? So if it's something like substance or alcohol, they typically attend meetings, they have sponsors, they continue their services to ensure that they're going to be successful when they go home. And we probably all watched an episode or two, or episode or two of intervention and how on, on there, especially in the earlier seasons, that people would go right back home and then they'd do the update at the end and say, you know, this person relapsed and they're still trying to get clean or they're still trying to stay sober. That's often because they really didn't change anything or they made the changes while they were in the place they were in, but didn't think about making changes for when they come home. I remember having to really explain to this person what I meant by what are they going to change? What are they going to do to make sure that they are able to maintain? And it was really difficult for them to understand and accept what I was saying and to be able to, you know, grasp it. So of course I did the therapeutic thing and took a break and, you know, remake sure they were emotionally ready to talk about it and approach the conversation in a different way. And that person was able to identify what they're gonna do to make sure that they can maintain. On another flip side, I remember doing my internship and I was working in a place where it was a kind of a residential or a, you know, top level lockdown place for juveniles who had committed violent crimes or other crimes. And I remember when I got there, one of the things that kept sticking out to me and it kept making me question things was they would teach these kids all of these new skills, coping skills, manners, ways to behave, ways to act, but they wouldn't add any component for at home so they were teaching these kids all of these things but not having conversations or trainings with the parents or the caregivers not talking about what's it going to look like when they get home and so while I was there for probably about a year I saw so many kids who left and were successful while they were in the program and they left and were back within three or four months because they got home and there was no one to maintain and they tried to take their new skills into this old environment and it just wasn't working because they didn't, have, they, it just, they didn't have the skills, they didn't have the tools, they didn't have the support. So what it got me to thinking about even in current times, as we try to make changes, how many of us kind of slide back to old? Or not necessarily slide back, but really have this idea that we're gonna make some drastic changes, but we're still gonna be able to go into the same environments that we used to be in. How many times have you been around family and you no longer partake in, you know, what they're doing, but they still do. And you're trying to go around and they want you to come outside and do what they're doing, or drive and do what they're doing, and you have to really question if you can be around that. Or what how many times have you been with in a friend group? And this is especially true for when you get to college is that, you know, if you remember back on it that you don't want to do the things you did in high school, but you're not really fully grown yet. And so you start looking at people around you and start you know judging them and calling their things childish meanwhile you're also not fully grown yourself so you might be childish too in other aspects but how many times have you noticed that and how many times when you went away if you went away to school did you realize when you came back home for a weekend how different it was because at school you had all of this freedom you've had you know you're making your own rules you're doing all the things for yourself but when you come back home, you have to kind of fall back into your parents' rules or fall back into that routine. And think about how hard that is. And think about what it could have been like if you would have had, like, conversations with your parents or caregivers to talk about this is what, you know, can we make some kind of plan? Can we can we have some kind of um, compromise because while I'm at school, this is how I operate, but I don't want to be disrespectful to your house. Think about what that could have done for you if you were able to do that with your family or with your caregivers. And so that's something that I was thinking about in terms of what we've been talking about already this month with making changes, you know, setting goals, creating habits that last. But now we got to really talk about how do you keep those habits and how do you not just try to take those new habits and put them into your old life? Right? So I've been using the example all month about diet and exercise. So we're going to kind of stick with that example. So think about you're changing your food, you're changing your eating, but it's time to go to a family function. And you know that your family likes everything fried, dyed, and laid to the side, as I call it. Other people might call it soul food, but that's what I call it. Fried, diet, laid to the side. Because everything there is either fried it's, you know, some type of, you know, un, you know artificial coloring or flavor. Like, it's just what it is. A lot of processed food. It's good. Don't get me wrong. We all enjoy it. We look forward to Thanksgiving, to Christmas, to Fourth of July, and whatever the holiday where you get to kind of eat those kind of foods. But think about if you just recently started a new plan. You just recently started making changes and trying to eat the foods that make you feel good really make you feel good right they like fuel your body not necessarily just give you that temporary relief that we typically get when we emotionally eat and now it's time to go to this function what typically happens is that people get to the function and they say you know what i'm gonna take my food with me and i'm gonna eat my food while i'm watching these people you know my family and friends eat their foods and like clockwork you start off eating your food you start off doing well and then all of a sudden here you are eating with they eating. And you really tried, right? You had, you had full, you fully tried to do it. And have you ever considered like why that is? Like, how is it so easy for you to do things when you're in your own environment, but not do them in another environment? The reason typically is because of control, right? So in your own environment, you have total control over how it looks, what it, how it goes, what you do, what you buy, But when you go to someone else's environment, you're kind of at their, you know, beck and call or, or at their hand on what they have available unless you take it with you. And so that's one solution that typically I work with people on is that when you're making changes, whether it be this food changes we're talking about, but in my line of work, we're really talking about you're making brain cognitive changes or brain changes. You're making changes to the way you think, to the way you feel, to the way you behave, to the way you interact. And what typically happens, and I tell every client that I meet, by session four or five, or sometimes a little longer, you're going to get in a space where the old stuff just doesn't work anymore. But it's really hard for us to accept that and acknowledge that. Well, what's what's the reason why? Like, why do you think that that is? Well, one of the number one things that I have heard people say in different parts of my career, and different parts of my life, is that there's this fear of being alone and there's this fear that you will be excluded from things in the future if you're no longer partaking in whatever it is that people are partaking in. If you're no longer thinking the old way, people typically don't want to be around you because they're, they, you know, they make comments like, oh, you think you're uppity or you think you're better. But, you know, you're not. So, you know, etc. And so that typically drives people to not want to fully make the change or to think that they can make the change, but bring it into their old life. And then you have the people who really have the idea and belief that because they have went to therapy or they have worked with a life coach or they've read some self-help books and have started making change that when they go back to their old environments, that they're going to be able just by osmosis, I guess, be able to impact the people around them and make them also change with them. And I always try to give a disclaimer to people who tell me that that's what they're planning to do of the fact that you cannot change anyone. A person has to wanna to change. There's no amount of money, there's no amount of love, there's no amount of consequences that will make someone not do a certain behavior. They have to want it for themselves. And so that sometimes is crushing for people because we all think that we can help our family, our friends, and we want to, right? Nobody wants to see someone around them going through things or falling or failing. And so we try to do everything we can to make sure that those people are, are okay and that they can be with us. And then you see the thing where like you see people trying to, you know, take people with them. And I'm gonna use a kind of a pop culture, so to speak, example for a second of thinking about how many times we've seen in recent years where rappers who have come from, you know, rough areas of their of the city or rough neighborhoods try to go back into those environments and end up getting robbed or they get shot or, you know, unfortunately, some of them even have been killed. And when you start asking people, the ones who do survive, like, what made you want to do that? There's this idea that you don't want people to think that you, that you think that you're better than them. So you try to make sure you put yourself back in those situations with your new stuff, right? Like how many times have you seen In your city or in your area or even if it's just on TV, the person who, you know, now makes a lot of money and they're driving a luxury car. Right. We'll use material things. They're driving this luxury car and they show up to a low income place or a place where no one else has cars and how it sticks out kind of like a sore thumb of like you don't belong here anymore. And it puts kind of attention on you and things like that. But you see people continue to do that. And throughout my career, I've heard people say that the number one reason they do it is, again, they don't want to be alone. They don't want to be excluded. They don't want to be seen as somebody who's not who they used to be. Because there is this kind of weird thing that we have as a people where we don't think we're supposed to change or evolve. Like that is something that I've definitely noticed that has been showing up a lot lately is that people really have this idea that you're supposed to have the same thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that you had 10 years ago but newsflash every time you get new information you have the opportunity to change your opinion change your thoughts change your feelings and i'll be honest if i run into someone and they are still the exact same way they were 10 years ago five years ago two years ago i'm probably going to be looking at them a little bit sideways on just trying to understand how did you not change how did you miss all the information that is either in your hand with your smartphone, on the news, on the social on social media, or wherever you get your information, talking to people, going to work? How did you not change? How are you able to do that? And typically it falls back into they don't, they're trying to take their new stuff into their old environment and it just doesn't work without support and help, right? So you can do it. It is possible to take your new stuff. go back to old environments but what you typically have to do to make that work is start putting things in place like identifying your boundaries and that's something that is huge in our community right now of people not wanting to have boundaries or people trying to have boundaries but not fully knowing how to do it so it would be something to kind of sit down do a little research on how to create boundaries and i encourage you to kind of go through each of the people in your life that you know might give you some grief or might give you a hard time about making change. That way you can kind of have a plan in place on how you're going to respond to them, what your new boundary needs to be for them, so that you're ready and able to take your new stuff to your old environment. Because you don't want to just continue to exclude friends, family, because you're making changes and they may not be ready to. Because it's contrary to popular belief, We do need people. We do need community. We do need a tribe. We are not meant to walk this life alone. And so the idea that you should just cut off everybody who's not where you're at is really unrealistic and really selfish of you in a a sense. So you you have to learn how to, to take your new skills into family and friend environments. Now, if it's something that's just really unhealthy for you, then you might need to look at, you know, creating a strict or strong boundary where maybe you're not around that, those people or that person anymore. And that's a different conversation for a different day. And I definitely encourage you to work with, with a third party on that, whether it be another friend that you trust or all the way to a professional to kind of help you navigate cutting ties with um, people and ending friendships. Last year, I actually was featured in an article and I'll put the link to that in the uh, description area for the podcast where we where I gave tips on how to end relationships and ways that you can do it in a healthy adult like way because it is important to do that. The other thing that keeps people from kind of taking, you know, trying to move forward or trying to take their new skills into their old life is this idea that you aren't allowed to fully change in all aspects of your life. That there's this idea that you don't deserve to change that you have to stay the same way but that this change has to be temporary that's a huge one right that i'm going to make these changes because i'm trying to do reach this one goal i'm trying to do this one thing so these changes i'm making i don't even want them to be permanent because i'm really just trying to do it for a short period of time or something like that so it's something to keep in mind as you think about you know what are my reasons for not wanting to Can I start to free myself from thinking that I have to stay my old self? Can I free myself from thinking that I don't deserve to change? I don't deserve to evolve and really dig deep in that. And again, this is where, you know, I mentioned every time where you get your notebook or your journal out and you really, you know, dig in and dig deep in what are the things that make me feel like I can't change? What are the things that make me feel like I need to go back to old habits and really look at those things to see, are they real? Are they t- true? Is it is it really something that I can't change or is it just sabotage getting in my way? And once you get clear on that, it becomes a little bit easier to kind of start making shifts there and really start realizing that the only way you can take your new skills and new habits into old environments is with support and with a plan. So I always talk to people, especially around the holidays, when you are about to go around family that you don't typically see often, and you know that, that these family members or these the people you're gonna interact with are on a completely different page that you are. You all don't share the same beliefs, but you share blood, so you wanna be around them, or your family, so you wanna be around. I often tell people to make sure that they have kind of a plan in place for taking breaks, whether that's you going to the bathroom, for a little extended period of time or you being able to go outside or in a different room, but being able to separate yourself for a short period of time to kind of regroup. Because one of the things that happens when you make when you start making changes, especially those cognitive changes that cause you to make changes in how you operate. When you start making those changes, after a while, it is almost impossible to be able to go back to your old. It is almost impossible to even be around people who think like you used to without some type of support or help. So it's really important that you get clear on who are the people that are likely to trigger me, what are the triggers likely going to be, and what do I need to do for them? Because it's really unrealistic and not fair or accurate or right to expect people around you to change because something's bothering you. You can ask them, you can talk to them about it, but really, it's on you because it's, it's impacting you. Then again, if this is an extreme situation or safety or health concern, then yes, you can expect someone to make change. But, to, but otherwise, it's really going to be up to you to make the changes needed so you can be in that environment. And then you also want to make sure that you dig in deep again to why do I think I don't deserve? Why do I think I'm not enough? Why do I think I'm not worthy to make these changes? Why do I think that when I go back around my people or back to an old environment that I need to revert back to old? And once you figure that out, things will get a lot easier. You will be able to go into any environment, regardless of where you are, who's there and be able to be authentic to who you are, because you owe that to yourself. You owe it to yourself to be authentic. You've done all this work to make these changes. You can't turn back now. You can only go forward. Until next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found the episode insightful and helpful to you on your journey. Please hit the subscribe button and also leave a rating and a comment if you are listening on iTunes and Spotify. If you'd like to stay connected with me, please follow me on social media at Brittany A. Johnson, LMHC, on Instagram and LinkedIn, and Brittany A. Johnson on Facebook. You should also head over to my website and subscribe to the mail list so that you can stay fully connected and be first to know when something new is coming out. And that's BrittanyAJohnson.com. Until next time.